Welcome to the King's Church Podcast. We are an ACC church based on the Gold Coast in Queensland, Australia. We'd love for you to join us on any given Sunday. In the meantime, we hope this message blesses you. How you doing? Did you see how easily he just carried that? We moved house yesterday. Should have got Henry in. And uh, there's some signs actually when you know you're getting older, okay? Uh, One of the signs you know you're getting older is that... uh, you get as sore after non-contact sport as you used to after playing full contact sport. Uh, that's one thing. And uh, today, and then you know you're really getting old when you get really exhausted after putting a flat pack together. Uh, and yesterday we had to do that and that sort of thing. I can hardly move today, praise God. Also got um, uh, for my first set of glasses. Uh, and I'm pretty inexperienced at that. So I thought that the cost of the glasses was the price on the frame off the shelf. Uh, no one told me that you've got to pay for the lenses as well. And, uh, and so I've, I've learnt my lesson there. And, uh, yeah, feeling my age. I had to get two sets of glasses. Uh, one, because I can't see from here. And another, because I can't see up there. And uh, so feeling my age. And uh, Trish and I have also moved into an apartment. Uh, and it's a... Um, a lot of seniors in that apartment. I feel like we've retired early and that sort of thing. But I also know, noticed, and this was a bit disturbing, um, there was a lot of social media influencers that lived there as well. So I don't know if you know, it's kind of, uh, Pastor Noah actually saw it and he said it's kind of like a cross between Melrose Place and the Golden Girls, uh, where we live and that sort of thing. So uh, yeah, praise God anyway. So feeling my age, pray for us and that sort of thing. That'd be nice. Uh, Pastor Rob is feeling his age. He came over yesterday to help us put a bunk bed together after four hours he just walked out left the rest of it and uh, so I've organised someone from Airtasker to come and complete the job uh, but thank you for your effort Rob I appreciated the thought it was nice and um, so yeah so but wonderful to be here with you what was that sweetheart sorry yeah Rob rescued us actually because uh, Trish and I were going to sleep on the floor and uh, and uh, but I can't get down there so he built the and uh, so, yeah, so wonderful. Anyway, praise God. I know none of you understand any of this stuff. And, uh, yeah, fantastic. Um, what well, two have been your Bibles to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 60, Isaiah 60 uh, verses 1 to 3, Isaiah 60, 1 to 3. Uh, and this is the, essentially the theme of our church uh, this year. And usually at the start of every year, I feel God give us a theme for the church and for that year. And we usually spend a portion of the first term talking about that theme. And so that's what we're continuing today. And Isaiah chapter 60 verses 1 to 3 says this. It says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I ask and pray, Lord, that everything you promise in here, we will experience this year. I thank you and I promise you for the, uh, uh, thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So this year, the theme of our church is uh, on the rise. Uh, and the best way to describe that is to compare it to the theme of last year. Last year's theme was called the year of expansion. It was based out of Isaiah 54. It says you'll expand to the left 
and to the right. And so this year, we, we, uh, so last year, we were believing that we would expand to the left and to the right. And so we took a step of faith and we went from having two church campuses uh, to four. Now that all happened, uh, that was all announced a month before a global pandemic. Uh, and uh, when that happens, you think to yourself, oh, what have I done? Maybe I can take it back. Maybe I can just readjust my, uh, you know, what I felt God was saying and say it was actually for another time. Uh, but actually, you know, God was so gracious. And so we still ended up doing everything God said we would do, which tells me when God gives you a word, it doesn't matter about the external circumstances. When God makes you a promise, he can actually make those things come to pass, regardless of what's happening in the world. And so last year we expanded to the left and to the right. And if you picture in your mind, we kind of expanded out like a pizza. But this year, I felt God say that we're going to be on the rise. And so, unlike expanding like a pizza, this year I believe that all that we were doing across our entire church was going to rise to another level. And so, this year we're going to rise like a loaf of bread. And so, basically, that's what we're believing for. We're believing this year that for every ministry, every church, every campus, every service, every department, we're believing that in 2021, every single one of them will rise to a whole new level. And already we're starting to see that. We're starting to see that across our church, even in areas like our cafe and with our community care arm and that sort of thing. Everything seems to be rising to a whole new level, even across our church compared to the same time the year before, across every single area, everything seems to be on the rise. But I don't believe that's just for the church as an organisation and corporately. I actually believe that's for the people in our church as well. I believe this word is for you. I believe that God wants your life to rise to a whole new level. And so here he's speaking to the Israelites. They're people that have just come out of captivity and he is telling them that their time has come and he, no and he lists a number of promises that they can expect to see, uh, they can expect to see come to pass in their lives. And so essentially uh, I've uh, written down like eight types of rising, eight things that he promises in here. And today for sake of time, I'll talk to you about four of them, four types of rising, four promises that he says God's people are going to experience that I believe prophetically speaking that for this year in the life of our church, we're going to see, we're going to experience. And I believe for you as an individual that you're going to see some of these things come to pass in your life as well. Already this year, I've had individuals in our church come up to me and they said, mate, everything you're saying, it's already come to pass. We've got one guy out at Logan Village. His name is Steve. If you've ever met him, you would remember him. Uh, and he's a real character. And he's only just given his life to Christ, only just started coming to our church. He came up to me and he said, Pastor Ben, it's unbelievable what you said the other day on the rise that's happening with my business and that sort of thing. Everything you're saying is coming to pass. And I said, oh, good. I'll tell everybody else that as well. Um, and so, uh, and so we're believing that people are going to, you're going to, uh, many people are going to see these things come to pass in their lives as well. So today I want to talk to you about four of the eight types of rising. The first one is this. It says in Isaiah 60 verses 1 to 2, Arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The first type of rising he's talking about here is accentuation. Accentuation. To accentuate means to make more noticeable. So watch this. He is saying that God's people, their light is going to shine brighter than ever before. They're going to rise in the midst of the world being completely in darkness. So what that means is this. Number one, 
The kingdom of God is not reliant upon the brightness of the world to advance. That it doesn't actually matter what he's saying. It doesn't matter what's happening in the world. God's people are going to rise to a whole new level. But watch this. He's basically saying as God's people are going up, he's saying that actually the world there is going down. It'd be one thing if the world was staying the same. But actually he is saying in this passage of scripture that the world was going this way and God's kingdom was going that way. So that means the blessing and favor upon God's people were going to be accentuated in that season because not only was God's people moving forward, but he's actually saying that the world in this situation was actually going backwards. A classic example of this is found in the book of Genesis. And I've mentioned this story to you a number of times. And it talks about Isaac, who was the son of Abraham. And it says in Genesis chapter 26, verse 1, it says, there was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines and Gerar. And then in verse 12 of Genesis chapter 26, he says, then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him. So verse one tells us very clearly that land was in famine. And it tells us that Isaac sowed in that land seed and reaped a hundredfold that year from that land. Now, sowing in famine is not normally something you would do. Normally you would hold on to the seed until the environment was actually better. So what that meant was that if the whole land is in famine, everything around was actually going backwards. But he's actually saying here that he sowed seed in that land, reaped a hundredfold, so God's people were going up as everything around, else around was going backwards. That's actually talking about accentuation. What that means is this, that it doesn't matter what's happening around you, God's blessing and favor is upon your life. That you can believe for great things to happen in your life in spite of some of the things that might be happening around us. That's why the Bible says 1,000 call and fall at one side, 10,000 at the other, but it won't actually come near you. That God will actually help you to continue to be blessed and favored even in that season. One of the most difficult industries right now is in tertiary education. And uh, right now I heard that there's 14,000 employees of universities being made redundant or sacked uh, in this current season. And obviously Bond University, which is near us, is a private university and they've had to make a lot of cuts uh, and that sort of thing. And we have in our church actually two uh, professors, doctors who are lecturers, at Bond University. And so you would imagine uh, that for them, they'd be thinking, right, you know, time's going to be tough for me uh, and that sort of thing. And so one is uh, Tammy's uncle and, um, and she's, um, she actually uh, left Bond University, but now she's ended up with an even better job and is doing fantastic. So even though that's happening around, she's got a fantastic job, uh, which is absolutely brilliant. And the other person was uh, Dr. Scotty Blakemore. You'd know Scotty. Uh, Scotty's always doing something in church, whether it be singing or preaching or just hanging around in shorts, whatever. Uh, and, um, but a very intelligent man. And, and he got offered uh, something like half a day or one day a week contract uh, to work over where he was. And, and he just thought, man, I don't want to do this. And, and also, you know, I've got, you know, I've spent this time getting 
you know, this doctorate and I've just finished it and, and that sort of thing. And he goes, I'd really love work for a university. And people are saying, you're not going to get any work for a university. They're actually making people redundant. They're not giving any more jobs. And he's thinking to himself, I'd love a job at a university. I'd love to be able to not have to go into the university, be able to work from home as well and that sort of thing. And so we were praying for him and believing that he'd be able to get what he's believing for. And cut a long story short, uh, he got offered a job at Griffith University uh, four days a week. And he can do three of those days at home in the area that is his study and in his occupation and you would say hold on that's not normal everyone else around in that industry is going down but for him he's actually going up because that's what God's word is actually saying here he's talking to God's people and saying it's your time to rise the world might be in darkness that's actually going to accentuate the blessing on you even to a whole new level and I'm believing for people in the life of our church don't look around you for promotion to come look to the Lord because he when he says it's time to rise it's actually time to rise. The second thing, the second promise he makes, says in Isaiah chapter 60, verse 3, says the Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. The second promise he makes here is elevation. Elevation. To elevate means to make more prominent. It's actually talking about an increase in prominence and promotion. That's elevation. So notice this. He's speaking to the Israelites, who we know have just come out of captivity. So they've just come out of captivity. They're pretty low on the social, on the social ladder. But he's telling them something that they would have never experienced before. Kings are going to come to the brightness of your rising. He is saying that God is going to promote and elevate his people. Now, when you read that, you think to yourself, well, that's a bit off, you know, like God promoting people, you know. It's our job for, you know, we lift up the Lord and, you know, you know, let men be brought low and we lift up the Lord. But if you look through all, all through Scripture, there are so many times when God promises to promote and raise his people to prominence. You know, in Genesis chapter 12, this is, he's talking to God's people, the Israelites here. The first promise he made to God's people was Abraham in Genesis 12, who was the father of Israel. And he says to him, he lists a number of promises. And one of the promises he says to Abraham, he says, I will make your name great. Well, hold on, hold on. Are we supposed to make the Lord's name great? Isn't that what our job is? Yes, but one of the ways he does that is he raises up his people to positions of prominence and influence. Even if the world's getting darker, even if the world is getting more and more anti-Christian, God will continue to find ways to raise up his people that he might get all the glory. You know, people talk about how now there's, there's a big agenda in society and it's very anti-Christian and ungodly and that sort of thing. It's going to be hard to be a Christian in politics. It's going to be hard to be a Christian in society. But isn't it amazing that in the midst of that, God would raise up a Pentecostal prime minister of our nation that even though it seems like society is against the things of God, God will always find a way to raise up his people to a whole new level. I remember a number of years ago in the Super Bowl, uh, in, in American football, and, um, you know, the, it's uh, not a very, you know, Christian kind of environment, that sort of thing. And one year, the team that won the Super Bowl, and they've never come close again, is the Philadelphia Eagles. Every single one of them was a Christian. Every time one of them, uh, the coach was a Christian, he got up, and the first thing he said in front of millions of people across the planet, I want to thank my Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Then the guy who actually won MVP of the Super Bowl, he was actually the quarterback, he got up and said, I, my initial calling was to be a youth pastor, but here I am doing this, and I want to get thank my Lord and Saviour. 
Saviour, Jesus Christ. Even if the world's trying to suppress, to put down, to blanket, when God says it's time to rise, it's time to rise and shine. Nothing can stop the promotion that God has for your life. It doesn't matter if everybody's against you. Let God decide to promote, to increase, to give a platform to for the glory of God. There is nothing that can stop it. That's why some of you, you've been getting a real excitement in your spirit lately. And you've been just wondering, you know, where's this from, you know, and you just get a, an anticipation about the things that God has in your future. One of the things I've learned over the years is that very often, before some kind of promotion, before some kind of breakthrough, God drops an excitement in my spirit. It's just like a seed that he drops in your spirit because he drops in the seed before it manifests in your life. And sometimes your head gets in the way and you start thinking, oh, well, you know, it's, it's not about me anyway, who cares, and that sort of thing. But you've got to understand, God promises to his people that he will elevate them for the glory of God. And there's some people here, you've been through a difficult season, you've been through a tough time. There are some of you, you've been through a humbling season. But you know what the Bible says? God resists the proud, but he elevates the humble. And so you might have been going through a humbling season. God has no problem with bringing promotion and elevation. Isaiah 60 verses 9 and 10 says this, Surely the coastland shall wait for me, and the ships of Tarshish will come first to bring your sons from afar, their silver and their gold with them, to the name of the Lord your God and to the Holy One of Israel, because he has glorified you. Who's the you he's talking about? His people. The sons of foreigners shall build up your walls, and their kings shall minister to you. For in my wrath I struck you, but in my favor I've had mercy upon you. I feel that for some people in the life of our church, God is raising up people to greater positions of influence, to greater positions of prominence, whatever industry they're in. Why? Not just for your own blessing, but so that God can get all the glory. Amen? The third thing he promises is this. It says in Isaiah 60 verse 4, it says, Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your son shall come from afar, and your daughter shall be nursed at your side. He's writing to people who've, been in cap who've just come out of captivity. So if their sons are coming from afar, it means they haven't seen them for a long time. A son is someone who belongs to your family. You don't replace a son. If a son has gone and a son is coming back, that's not replacement. That's restoration. The third thing that I believe that we're going to see in the life of our church and you're going to see in your life is actually restoration. Things that belong to you and were stolen or taken away, the Lord is going to bring back. We serve a God who restores. Yes, he replaces. Yes, he can replace, but he can also restore. That for some of us here, there's been a heaviness around our life because of something that was taken away from us by the enemy. But I want to let you know that we serve a God who's a restorer. He can return and bring those things back to you. Um, when he talks about sons, he's talking about something that belongs to to you. It was said about Job, uh, if you read the book of Job, which is not the most uh, positive book in the Bible, but it is in the Bible. Uh, and uh, basically it says that he lost his sons and daughters and he lost all his property. And then, by, and then God uh, gave, it, gave, it all to him, gave it all back to him. He got property twice as much as what he had before and wealth and provision. But it also says that he got, he said, lost 10 sons and daughters and he got 10 back. But who knows? The 10 you get doesn't really replace the 10 that you lost. Amen? That's replacement. But he's not talking about replacement. 
He's talking about restoration. Things that belong to you are coming back. Before, I, uh, before Trisha and I uh, came to be pastors a number of years ago here at King's, and our church now is 41 years old, uh, turning 41 this year. No, sorry, 43, 44. So when you get to a certain age, you forget. Um, and, uh, and I, um, before we came, I really felt God say, and I had very, very little to do with King's Church before, I uh, felt God say that the people who'd left more than 10 years before, God was going to start bringing some of them back. That literally that people that King's was in their heart, and for whatever reason had drifted off and gone somewhere else, that people had gone about 10 years before were going to start coming back. Now, that's not something that I had said publicly before, certainly not when I first came here, you know, or anything like that, but, but that was just something that's just always been there. I just felt, and I've told people in private, that I felt that people had gone over 10 years before were going to start coming back, and, uh, but I'd never said it publicly. Well, this year, almost every week, I've had someone come up to me and say, usually Shirley Sykes, actually, because she knows everyone from day one. No, just kidding. And... Uh, such and such, they left years ago, now they've come back, Kings is in their heart and that sort of thing, every single week. Even in the break there before, I shared this message at the 8.30 service, in the break there, a guy came up to me and said, that's me, I've just come back. <laughs> we didn't go looking for it, but the Lord has brought it back. Restoration, people with Kings in their heart. Our church is a church that's been around a long time. You might have some friends and family that used to be a part of church that are feeling like they're real king's people, that it's on the inside of them and they think, oh, would I be welcome to come back? You just go and tell them, Pastor Ben says, you'll be welcome to come back because 2021 is the year of restoration and our sons are going to be coming back from afar. Amen? Restoration. And the fourth thing is this, the fourth promise is accumulation, accumulation. Isaiah 65 to 7 says this, Then you shall see and become radiant, and your heart shall swell with joy, because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. The multitude of camels shall cover your land. The dromedaries of Midian and Ephah, all those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and incense, and they shall proclaim the praise of the Lord. All the flocks of Kedar shall be gathered together to you. The rams of Nebaioth shall minister to you. They shall ascend with acceptance on my altar, and I will glorify the house of my glory. Surely the coastlands shall wait for me, and the ships of Tarshish will come first to bring your sons from afar, their silver and their gold with them, to the name of the Lord your God and to the Holy One of Israel, because he has glorified you. Watch this. He's saying it's your time to rise. They're coming out of captivity. And then he says, get ready, because provision is coming. In fact, the number one promise all through this passage of Scripture is provision for God's people. This, this passage, Isaiah 60, is so in line with Genesis chapter 12, the promise that God made to Abraham. And he says to him that you're going to go to a land that I will show you. And he says that I'll make of you a great nation. And he says to him, and I will make your name great. But in the midst of that, he actually just says, in a one-off remark, he says, I will bless you. I will bless you. Now, when we read that, we think, oh, that's nice. You know, if someone sneezes, bless you. You know, have a nice feeling or something. Or, you know, we just say, oh, bless you. And sometimes we think it's kind of like airy-fairy. It's out there. Uh, there's not a lot of handles for it. It doesn't mean a whole lot. But actually, for someone like Abraham in that society at that time, when God says to him, I will bless you, he would have interpreted that to mean financial provision. 
would have interpreted that to mean financial privilege. In fact, I remember one commentator actually said that when God said this to Abraham, Abraham interpreted that to mean material increase in life. Now, you look at Abraham's life, the Bible said that after this, he became exceedingly prosperous. Not only that, his son Isaac would have understood this. That's why Isaac sowed seed in a time of famine. Who sows seed in a time of famine? Someone who understands that the provision is not limited by the circumstances, but because of the promise of God in their life, God will provide for them. Even his twin boys, Jacob and Esau, fought over the blessing of God. You know, Esau was born a few minutes earlier than Jacob. Because of that, he was the firstborn. So that meant in their family, he was going to receive the inheritance, an increased inheritance, the right, the, um, you know, the, the firstborn birthright, and also the blessing. But they're two distinct things. And so what happened was he actually gave up the birthright to his brother, Jacob. He wanted some stew, he wanted some food his brother was cooking, and he said, you know, I'll, okay, I'll give you my birthright to get it. That's an increased portion of the inheritance. But then later on, Jacob impersonated Esau, came before Isaac. It was time for Isaac to impart the blessing. And after that, Esau came in. When he heard that Jacob had stolen the blessing, he absolutely lost it. And he said, that Jacob, first he stole my birthright, now he's stolen my blessing. They're two distinct things. The birthright's the increased portion of the inheritance, but the blessing was the blessing and favor of God wherever he went, and he knew I can give up any inheritance because if I've got the blessing of God, God's going to continue to provide for me. We are carriers of the blessing of God. He is saying to these people, God will provide. His name is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who sees and provides. That's his name. If that's his name, that's his nature. His name is El Shaddai, God of abundance, not El Tightwad, God of barely enough. We serve a God who has a heart and a desire to provide for his people. It's part of his nature. It's who he is. And he is promising to these people that even though the world is in darkness... It's going to rise upon you, and here's some of the things that's going to happen in your life. And one of those things is provision. That's why, as a believer, we can, continually, we can continue to believe God's provision even if everything else around us is drying up. We can still believe for it. A classic example of this is the prophet Elijah. The Bible says that Elijah proclaimed a drought in the land. And, and it was a bad drought, and it was a bad famine. But in the midst of it, he was staying at a place called the Brook Cherith, where God would come, would, he would be watered with the water from the brook, and God would send ravens with meat in their mouths to feed him. So what that tells me is this, even if everyone else is in famine, God will still find a way to provide his, for his people. And then the Bible says that the brook dried up and the ravens stopped coming. And so then God said to him, I'm going to change the way I provide for you. I want you to go to Zarephath. There I've commanded a widow to take care of you. And he experienced a great miracle there, and she provided for him for the duration of that famine. So watch this. This is the nature of God regarding provision, even in difficult times. Just because everything else is in a famine doesn't mean God won't provide for you. And not only this, if your usual source of provision is drying up, that's not a sign he's not going to provide. He'll just redirect and find another way to provide for you. And I don't know who I'm talking to today, but somebody's saying, how can you say this, Ben? My regular source of provision is drying up. You serve a God who promises to provide you, even if the world's in darkness. And just because that's drying up doesn't mean he won't open up another one. 
That's the promise of God for every single one of us, amen? We serve a God who's a provider, and he promises his people that the world might be in darkness, but look at all these things that are going to happen to you. And I want to declare and prophesy over every single one of you, because this is more of a prophetic message than a teaching message, that I believe for every single one of you, you are going to see accentuation come into your life. You're going to see restoration come into your life. You're going to see accumulation come into your life. You're going to see elevation and promotion come into your life, and it doesn't matter what if the world's in darkness, it doesn't matter what the news says, it doesn't matter what the world says, because when God says it's your time to rise, rise, shine, for your light has come. I know I'm yelling, I'm sorry, but it feels good, amen. That's the God that we serve. And maybe you're here today and you're saying, Ben, you know, you're really annoying me today, Ben, because I've just got comfortable with my circumstances. I've just learned to come to peace with it, and now you're stirring me up again. But here's the thing. I've found in my life, that's so often what God does. Some, when you least want to hear it, so often he just comes in from left field, just like he comes to Gideon. Gideon, you mighty man of valor. How can you say that about me? After everything going on in my life. I remember one time I was at a low ebb. It was probably about seven years ago and financially things were pretty tired at the time. And, and I remember, and I just thought, man, I'm just, I'm in big trouble here. And I got a text from a mate of mine. And he said, Ben, I felt God say, you're about to go from surviving to thriving. And you would have thought I'd be so happy to receive that. It ticked me off. Stop getting my hopes up, mate. Why are you doing this? But one of the things I've learned is this. God will come to you at your lowest point. You've just come out of captivity. You come out into a world that's dark. And he says, arise, shine. For your light has come. Amen? And for some of you, even though privately you're a little bit annoyed with me right now, I want to declare to you, arise, shine. Your light has come. Amen? And so maybe as I was sharing there, something resonated on the inside. Then maybe it was the whole thing about restoration. That as I said that, you were saying, Ben, there's some things I'm believing to be restored in my life right now. Maybe it was accentuation. That you're just sensing that God's about to do a blessing in your life that isn't being replicated everywhere else. Maybe it's elevation that on the inside, you're getting a sense in your spirit that some kind of promotion has come my way. Or maybe it's accumulation. You're saying, Ben, right now, I need that promise to come into my life. I need that provision to come into my life right now. If that is you, I want to pray for you right where you are and declare over you that it's your time to rise. So if that's you, just close your eyes for a moment. And if you're saying, Ben, those one or more of those four things resonated with me this morning. If that is you right now, just slip up your hand and say, that's me, yeah? One of these things, I'm just, I just know it's, this is the year for me for this. Father, in Jesus' name, I prophesy and declare over every single person here. I declare, Lord, accentuation, Lord, that even though they're in a situation where around them it's going backwards, that they're actually going to go forwards. I pray, Father, for elevation, Lord, for those that are sensing in their spirit of promotion, Lord. I, I know it's coming, Lord, and I know it's for all for your glory. For those that have been really awakened that they need a restoration in an area, I declare that their sun shall come from afar. 
And I pray, Lord, for accumulation, Father, for those that are needing your provision right now in this situation, especially those people who are looking for a place to live. I ask and pray for a release of your provision for them, Father, that you will take care of them and you will look after them. I thank you and praise you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Church, would you stand to your feet? Lift your hands to heaven. And I just want to declare the blessing and favour of God upon you. One of the keys to the Christian life is to keep our eyes up. I set the Lord before me at all times. We're going to be doing a series starting next month called Song of Ascents. In Psalm 121, he says, I look, he goes, where does my help come from? I lift my eyes. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. One of the keys to living the Christian life in a season like this, keep your eyes up. Keep your eyes on him. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for every single person here. And I ask and pray, Lord, help us to keep our eyes up and focused upon you. I thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. And I pray, Lord, that even if the world gets darker, we're getting brighter. And I declare over every single one, this is the year when we're on the rise. I thank you and praise you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. Stay tuned for new messages weekly. You can keep updated on what's happening in the life of King's Church by following us on social media at King's Church GC. Be blessed.